0: If you would please turn to the Bible to 2nd Thessalonians chapter 3. This will be our final message. It up in 1st and 2nd Thessalonians as we are concluding, wrapping it up, and we'll be done. After today, the holidays are upon us. This Thursday is Thanksgiving, and we are thankful. We have a lot to be thankful for. Appreciate Josh Womble praying. Uh, for us to be a thankful people. And uh, that will start the Advent season as we start moving toward Christmas. I hope you are looking forward to that. This week I was thinking about Thanksgiving and I think I realized that it's now my favorite holiday. That's probably the surest sign that I've gotten old because there is no hoopla to Thanksgiving. Let's do nothing and eat a lot and focus on being thankful. Sounds awesome, right? (laughs) Sounds so good. And uh, I know that many of the young people or the kids are thinking, it's the most boring. My kids told me that everybody at school says Thanksgiving's the worst holiday. All it is is food and nothing, right? And um, that's kind of where we're at. But I, I want us to be thankful. I want in my own life for there to be thanks and for there to be giving and for my heart to be a heart that embraces uh, Thanksgiving, We hope that for all of us, and that's why we're praying for it. With the holidays being upon us, it's a fitting end to Thessalonians because Paul ends with a prayer, a blessing about peace, P-E-A-C-E, peace. And there's probably not a better subject for you and I to focus on coming through covid Looking forward to the holidays of 2021 and recognizing how much division that there is in our lives, we need a subject of peace. We need God to help us think through peace. And I hope that you will have peace this holiday season. Read with me, beginning in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, the final three verses. Verses 16, 17, and 18. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times, in every way. The Lord be with you all. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. This is the sign of genuineness in every letter of mine. It is the way I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all, aiming for peace, hoping for peace during the holiday season. Paul wrote these two letters to the Thessalonians because he had been there and spent time with them. He had brought the gospel to them in his missionary travels. And upon preaching the saving message of Christ, Thessalonians, people in that town, in Thessalonica, had believed on Christ, and a church was started there. There are Christians in Thessalonica. And Paul, and then a big uproar happened. There was some abuse, some fighting, some persecution. They escaped, and now he writes letters back to them. These letters are filled with things that are concerning, like when is Christ going to return? Has Christ returned already? And these subjects are being discussed in these first couple of letters. But now that he's at the end of this and wanting to make sure that they are trusting in Christ, waiting for the return of Christ, and living for Christ until he returns, he ends the letter with this benediction about the Lord of peace himself giving them peace at all times, in every way. In some ways, this is just your typical ending with all sincerity or sincerely or in our hearts or grace and peace. And however you like to end your letters, this is a little bit standard, but he uses the word peace. Peace is something that Paul brings up quite frequently. He does it at the beginning, if you'll turn over to chapter 1. It's just the previous page. At chapter one, verse two, he writes, "Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ." You have peace there. If you turn back another page to First Thessalonians chapter five, in verse twenty-three, you'll hear him pray, "Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely." Verse one. If you'll turn back another page or two to chapter 1, verse 1, you'll hear him say, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. Peace is something that uh, the biblical authors, what the Bible, what God wants us to know and wants us to embrace. But it's a fair enough question these days asking, are we at peace? Do you have peace? Are you experiencing peace? Is your life peaceful? And I think immediately we go to our circumstances and we think of all of the distractions and all of the unrest and all of the unsettledness that is in our lives and we think, well, I don't. And so I think today we're gonna get right at, well, we need to think a little bit further through peace. Okay, I want to give you three very simple and practical uh, uh, points today on peace. Number one, what is peace Number two, how do we get it? And number three, how do we help people find peace? Number one, what is peace? Number two, how do we get it? And number three, how do we help people find peace? Here at the end of this letter, writing to the Thessalonians, he says that he wants them to have peace. He prays that God would give you peace, that God would give them peace. In some ways, we can connect with that, we pray for each other, do we not? And when we say we're praying for each other, then sometimes it's good to ask, well, what, what are you praying, you know? I hear people say that they're praying for me, and sometimes I wonder, what, what are you praying for me, right? I hear people say that they're praying for our church. What, what are you praying for us? Well, here, he is specifically praying for them to have peace. That's a good word, isn't it? Because their town has been rejecting Christianity, Imagine being a Christian in a town where the town rejects Christianity. That's what's happening there. If you turn back to Acts 17, we won't do it now, we've done it several times. You turn back there and you read again about the experience of the missionary team coming there and preaching the gospel to them, you will see that's not a peaceful story, it's an awesome story as the, of the gospel breaking through and God bringing the power of truth to them and God saving people. And people were turning to Christ and repenting of their sins and asking God for forgiveness and believing that God had forgiven them, calling them out of the world and to himself to be believers in Jesus, followers of him. That was happening. But by and large, the majority did not like that. They were opposed to it and they attacked them and persecuted them, and it was ugly that's what we read about. It's not very peaceful. It's not a peaceful story. And so often, quite frankly, Christianity is not a peaceful story. The message of Christ, the Prince of Peace, Isaiah calls Jesus the Prince of Peace. The message of Christ is one of the most non-peaceful stories that there is. They hated him. He said they hate me, and they did. They beat him up, and they spit on him, and they whipped him, and they plucked out his beard. I mean, it was nasty. It was a nasty story. There's not much peaceful about that. If we had watched news coverage of it, I would have turned the channel. I wouldn't wanted to see that. It was ugly. It's not very peaceful. There's not a lot of things that are actually that peaceful for us. And so, here, he's praying that they would have peace praying for them to have peace in the midst of lives that just aren't that peaceful. That's the direction I want us to go this morning. For you right now to start thinking about the difference between peace and peaceful. There is a difference, is there not? There's a difference between actual peace, real peace, and things that are peaceful. Peaceful Points us to peace, but it is not necessarily peace. Peaceful is an example of peace. It's an experience, it's an episode, it's a small picture or moment or season of peace that points us or reminds us or gives us an idea of something of peace, but it's not actually peaceful in itself. Let me give you an example. Picture your home, or maybe some homes, that have division or conflict in them. And so finally somebody says, I'm going outside, I'm going for a walk, I'm going for a run, I've got to get out of here, looking for peace. But in doing that, we haven't found peace or created peace. We have turned to something that is more peaceful than the other, And it is reminding us of peace. It has us longing for peace, but it did not give us peace. And so we return from that peaceful moment, and we are right back lacking peace. We can connect with that. On a broader example, take vacation, where life is lacking peace. And so we think or we convince ourselves that we just need a vacation. I need a break. i got to get away from all of this. And so we head to the beach, to the ocean, or to the mountains, or, which I have found, which Kentucky is obsessed with, we head to the lake, because it is so peaceful. We think that there we will have peace. But we haven't really found peace. We have found something that is more peaceful than what we live in, and we obviously like it, but it didn't resolve the thing that was removing our peace. Peace. We've left the very area that we needed peace from, and we've gone to something that is peaceful. And all this does is it shows us or magnifies or puts under the light the real and bigger question or certain, should we say, how do I get peace? How do I create a peaceful life? How do I create a peaceful home or environment back in my real life, my non-vacation life? And I know that we often will think or reason within ourselves and say things, well, then I just need to get away from everybody. I need to get away from people or get away from my family, and then everything will be okay. I would have peace. If there weren't so many people in the world, I'd be peaceful. If there wasn't so many stupid people in the world, I would be peaceful, right? We think that way sometimes. At least I do. But we know that that is not good, and it is not real life. And it's not really an answer. It certainly has not created peace. It has removed us momentarily, temporarily, from the lack of peace. And at least we can catch our breath there before we dive back into the misery of living without peace. That's not real life when we get away from it. And God wants us to be living in peace. Here, the Apostle Paul to the Thessalonians is praying for them to have peace. He's praying that for the church. He believes that God can give peace. He believes that God can create peace in their lives. He believes that they are to know and embrace and possess peace. Jesus said in his sermon on the mount, blessed are the peacemakers. We are to be people who have peace and work to make peace. And that is what we see Paul praying for here. So, what is peace? Peace is when the opposition has been resolved. Peace is when the war stops. Peace is when the conflicts are gone. All it takes is a little bit of us saying it like that to bring in the accuracy of of why we don't have peace. And I know that this hurts. I know that this hurts. Whether it's the workplace or relationship or home, recognizing that there is no peace and then just deciding I'm gonna go for a walk to get away from it gives you a little bit of peace away from this But so often it is not doing anything to address the lack of peace. And so we return back to our regular lives where there is no peace. Herein lies our problem. And herein lies the problem so often with the believers, with the church, or with our world. So number one, what is peace? Number two, how do we get it? Well, it's not only that Paul is praying for them to have peace, but he tells us where that peace will come from, and he describes God as the Lord of peace. He asks, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times. In every way. Now, one of the ways that we know he's not talking about just being peaceful is that he says at all times, in every way, in every place, in every situation, through every adversity and challenge and uphill climb, through every tension, through every struggle, we want there to be peace there at all times. In every way, may you be possessing peace. That's pretty big. That's pretty exhausting, right? That's peace everywhere at all times. But his prayer not only asks for peace, His prayer asks for God himself, who he calls the Lord of peace, to give it to you. I want to make a bold claim this morning that I pray that you would believe that peace comes from God. And if peace is not coming from God, then we either don't have peace Or the peace we have are just glimpses, peacefulness that are supposed to be pointing us to the deeper, more real and lasting peace that comes from God. And so in all of the areas... That you and I can recognize, I wish there was more peace. I wish I had peace. I wish this was more peaceful. I wish our home was more peaceful. In all of the ways that we can identify that, may this sermon today and may this prayer from 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16, get at you and cause you to consider. May the Lord of peace himself... Give me peace here and here and here and there and there and there. May all the areas of my life where I am longing for peace, hoping for peace, wishing the storms would go away, that God would give me peace there at all times in every way. We believe that God sees it all, and God knows it all, and he knows the very things that we're dealing with right now. He knows our struggles. He knows that we need more money. He knows that we need more help. We know that He knows that we're tired. He knows that we are bothered by this. He knows that we're unsettled about this and we're worried about this. He knows that we're sick. We know that we're going to the doctor. He knows what we're wrestling with. He knows all of our frustrations and our stresses. He knows those things, and yet there is still to be peace at all times in every way in that because the Bible does not teach that God will fix all of those things and give you peace. You look like the most self-centered. We look like the most self-absorbed people in the world when we want everybody to act the way we want them to act and everybody to do everything that we want them to do and everybody to say everything that we want them to say so as to make my little world peaceful. That's ridiculous. See How blinded narcissistic and selfish can we be when we think that will give us peace? If the person that got zero training at the drive through would just treat me better, then I would be peaceful. That's ridiculous. If Amazon would just get it here on the day they said that they would get it here, then I would be peaceful. No. This is not what the Bible's talking about. A little self-help type of tips like that are not what we're looking for today. I want you to see in the Bible that the, apostle, that the apostle is praying to the Lord of peace to give peace at all times everywhere. He's talking about something much bigger than changing our circumstances. Matter of fact, what he's getting at is if your circumstances do not change, he wants God to change you. Change you. That you... We'll have peace on the inside. All right, so how do we get it? It comes from God. Well, this is where we're going to get really, really deep in this, okay? So start with me and turn to John chapter 14, the passage that we read just a little bit ago. All right, John chapter 14. Let's be reminded of this, the words of Jesus, John chapter 14. We're going to turn from here to about two or three other passages, all right? Stick with me. You need to get this. This is the best part of the sermon. You, You may not have liked point one. You're probably not going to like point three. But this one right here is the most important part. John chapter 14, these are the words of Jesus Jesus teaches us in the Gospel of John that after he dies on the cross to finish the work that God sent him to do, after he rises from the grave, he was going to leave. These are the things that the Bible teaches. These are the Gospel truths. Jesus came from heaven. He lived his life. He never sinned. They hated him, so they killed him. They wanted to do away with him. They crucified him on the cross. They took him down off the cross dead. They buried him in the grave. Three days later, he rose again victorious over sin, death, and the devil. He remains. He lives. He's unstuck. He's the forever king and he's worthy of everything. That's why we just sang that awesome song. He deserves all of our worship and attention and honor. And then he left. And he teaches us that when he leaves, he will send the Holy Spirit to be present in our lives. And if anybody is truly born again, I mean real Christian that loves God and hates their sins and is turned away from self to truly follow Christ, if anybody is that way, then the Bible says by way of the Holy Spirit being inside of them, they will have peace. Look at chapter 14, verse 25. The Holy Spirit inside the life of a believer gives us peace. you got to believe that. you got to believe that. If you are wrestling with wanting life to change to create a peaceful life for you outside of God giving you peace, you are not going to find it. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be frustrated why God in your life or God in your beliefs is not giving you more peace. Peace happens on the inside. Peace happens on the inside. If you'll turn the page to chapter 16, for me it's uh, two pages. Chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus is still talking. It was a long one. Chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have what? Peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In the world, facing tribulation, unrest all around, possessing peace, because peace comes from knowing Christ and the Holy Spirit being with you. This is how you get peace. My second question is how do we get it? And this is how we get it, from Christ, from the Holy Spirit being with us because we believe in what Christ has done. But The Bible explains that even better. Turn with me now to Colossians chapter 1. I'll give you time to find it. I know some of you are thinking, I can't find Colossians. Well, ask the person beside you and try to find it because I want us to see this. We can wait. We'll go until pages stop turning. It's not one of my main points today, but anytime we start talking about peace, I mean, hopefully you were kind of reasoning this as I talked through number one, what is peace? Peace. But anytime we start talking about peace, we have to start getting at, well, well why just don't we have peace? What, what, what is the problem here? And that's a diagnosis. And there are many, many answers to that of why there is so little peace in our lives and you know, in our world. But the deepest and most real answer to why we lack peace, really in any context, is because we are not at peace with God, because our sins are a problem with the Holy God. Sinful people are not peaceful people. They may be peaceful in some areas, and that's why I keep making this distinction between peace and peaceful. Peaceful is just a glimpse in this small little place. No doubt, sitting beside the ocean, and you get, you know, your phone's not with you, and there's no kids running around screaming, and you just get to hear the birds uh, chirping, you know, and you get to see, you hear the uh, uh, waves coming in. I mean, yeah, that's peaceful, absolutely. But nobody stays there 24-7. And even if you did try to stay there 24-7, you'd start thinking about so many things that you'd even lose the peace of that moment. The problem is, is that sinners lack peace. Sinners lack peace. So look what it says in Colossians chapter one, starting in verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. He's talking about Jesus. For by him all things were created. Jesus is the creator. In heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He's describing how big and grand and divine Jesus is. Verse 18. And he is the head of the body, the church, He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Now look here. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven. Now look at this next line. You need to underline this one. Making peace by the blood of his cross making peace by the blood of his cross. When you become a believer in Christ, you're acknowledging, recognizing, and believing that the biggest area of my life that I need peace is inside my life, inside my heart, between me and God. This, to me, is one of the clearest signs of whether somebody is really born again, whether they recognize that their biggest problem is themselves, and so they need forgiveness, Listen to whether they think their biggest problem is everybody else. I'm not that bad, and everybody else is bad. Listen to how Christians talk about the world. If all we ever do is complain about everybody and everything else, and we're building ourselves up all the time and talking bad about everybody else, we're not understanding this. We're not reading this book enough. We're not hearing it well enough. But when we understand that there's a whole big lack of peace in this little world right here and it just starts between me and God. And when I'm not focused on God, I create all sorts of unpeaceful scenarios. I'm short with somebody or I'm negative over here or I'm complaining over here and I'm just filled with self-centeredness and selfishness and sinfulness and it's all things that aren't peace. But when we are focused on Christ and understanding who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, And that his work on the cross has come, here in Colossians 1, to reconcile us to God and to make peace by the blood of his cross. Everything in my mind and in my heart by faith finds its purpose. My life now has peace because the work of Christ is teaching me that I turn to him for forgiveness. Believers have to be those who recognize and identify and say, God, I have sinned against you. God, I sin against a peaceful God. I've brought disorder. I've brought division. I've brought disobedience to you, God, to the peaceful God. God, I have sinned. And I recognize that your love for me and your goodness for me and your fatherhood to me and you being my Savior is in Christ who loves me and gave himself for me. And God, I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. God, change my life. Restore me. Renew me. Give me peace. And the Bible says through the work of Christ on the cross, he gives peace. And when peace happens in our lives, we don't need peace to happen everywhere around us. We have peace. When we know Jesus, we know peace. When we know the Prince of Peace, we have peace. When we know the Lord of Peace, to use the very language he's praying in Second Thessalonians, we have peace. In Christianity, we often say in dealing with people that people of grace, meaning people that know the grace of God, should be gracious people when they treat people. People that are forgiven by God should be forgiving people the way they treat people, right? And here's what we're saying in a similar vein. People that have the peace of God and and know the God of peace should be peaceful people. Not because God is a magic wand or, or a rabbit's foot or something that we want him to fix all of our lives. Not at all. But because God who gives peace has given us peace. Y'all, the Bible says time and time again, over and over, we read it this morning, that the world is not it. The world is passing away. The world is lacking focus. The world is not following God. The world does not know the truth. We're not looking for that to give us peace. We're not. We've got to figure out How to live in the world and not be of the world, how to have peace where there is no peace. We've got to. And so we hear the Bible telling us that it comes through God. One more place, turn over to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2. How do we get peace? It comes from God. And it comes from God through the work of Christ as we get forgiven of our sins and come into a relationship with Christ and God gives peace in our hearts. You know, life is hard and we've kind of made that point time and time again. And With life being hard, that means that we all know people who are really fighting some battles, right? There's some people carrying baggage out there. Some of y'all are tired, and today's not going to get any better. Some of y'all are discouraged, and you're going home to more discouragement, right? Life is hard. Some of y'all wish, oh, you wish so badly you just take a day off and, and just take it easy, but that's not coming, right? Life is hard. And every once in a while, you hear somebody say, man, I don't know how they do it. And I get that as a way of trying to, you know, empathize with how, li- how difficult life is for them. But I want to remind the church this morning that we do know how they do it. When there is a God called the God of peace. When there is a prayer that we can pray for people, may the Lord of peace give you peace at all times in every way. The Bible teaches us that those who know Christ can walk through the fiery trials of this world and the ups and downs of this life through the darkness in the light because the God of peace is giving peace. That's what the Bible wants us to know, and this is our hope. At Ephesians chapter 2, we see this same point made yet again. Chapter 2, verse 11. For he himself is our peace. At all times, in every way, he is our peace. I don't know how you do it. Christ is my peace. I don't know how you're dealing with all that. Christ is my peace. I don't know how she does it. Christ is my peace. I don't know how he does it. Christ is my peace, the Bible says because I've been brought into a relationship with God where the maker is my father and his son died for all my sins. God is not mad at us. He has washed us clean through the forgiveness. He is completely satisfied through the work that Jesus has done on the cross. We are at peace with God. God's not sitting up there hoping that we don't mess up. God's not sitting up there ignoring us like children whose parents don't pay attention. He's a loving father involved in our lives, knows exactly what we're doing. And when we sin against him, he forgives us by faith through the work of Christ. And when we obey him, he's magnified because he's worthy of everything. We're not earning anything. We're living lives out of freedom through peace because we have a loving father in heaven, our God, our Savior. in him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. That passage gets at how we're all connected. And how can there be unity in such a divided world? And the answer is not, well, we just happened to find the most peaceful people around South Louisville. We got them all together. That ain't what he's saying. Y'all, yeah, we're not the most peaceful people. But the Lord of peace himself is giving us peace to labor by faith to be united in his peace. You gotta know the difference. We haven't just found out a secret on how we can all just get along. That ain't it. But we are learning that the Lord of peace himself is giving us peace. That inside of my heart, it's not a factory of stress, and worry, and division, and anger, and jealousy. Things that cause us to splinter. Things that cause us to overreact. Things that cause us to hate our neighbor instead of love our neighbor. Things that cause us to not unite. What's inside is peace. We know God. God loves us. He is our peace. You get peace from God. If you're here today and you would be so humble to admit, I don't really know Christ, I don't have peace with God. I don't have peace with other people, but I don't have peace with God. Would you believe today? Would you turn to God? Would you pray to God and say, God, give me peace. Give me peace. Give me peace from you, with you. Believing that Christ has removed the hostility." believing that Christ has removed the judgment of God on sinners by the work he did on the cross, that he was punished so that you would not be punished, and that by believing, you would have peace, and that you would become a peacemaker, a peaceful person because Christ is your peace. Would you believe today? I know of no better way to walk into Thanksgiving week in the holiday season of COVID than by trusting in Christ and saying, God, I want your peace. Would you believe today? Would you start now saying, I want the peace of God? God, give me peace. What is peace? How do we get it? And then lastly, some real practical application. How do we help people find peace? two simple things okay a little application here at the end we have to make sure that our message is that God is our peace if somebody's looking at you as a Christian or a churchgoer and wondering why you're more peaceful for them and you deduce it this that you just make better decisions than them that ain't it and let's quit with the arrogance there's more grace in your life than you're identifying there right you may make some good decisions, but your life is not the sum of all of your good decisions. Can you admit that? Would you be so humble to admit that? Can God get a little bit of credit for how good of a person you are? I told you I wouldn't really like the third point. When somebody recognizes that there's some peace in our lives, let's be willing to say, praise God. To God be the glory. When I turn to Christ, the Bible says he became my peace. He's working in me. He settled me down. Man, I used to be a hothead. Man, I used to be triggered easily. I used to blow up on people, man. The church should be filled with people who are willing to say that, ready to say that, because God has given us peace. the Church should totally not be people who are saying, well, we're peaceful as long as you keep the peace. That's not it. How do we help people find peace? Number one, we tell people where we found peace, that Christ is our peace. The very words that we've been reading, that's why we read, right? We didn't even turn to Philippians. you remember when Philippians tells us To pray to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God, beyond all comprehension, in every way at all times, will guard us from negativity, bitterness, resentment, Anger, mouthy, frustration, complaining, gossip, slander, getting caught up in the he said, she said. We'll be guarded from that because there's this peace about us that comes from God. But let's make sure, let's make sure that we tell people that it's found in him. It's Christ in my life. What the Bible says Similar to that, it is showing people that it's not from the goodness of this life. Certainly, there are pleasures in this life. Certainly, there are good things in this life, successes, wins, gifts, but they're not what satisfy us. They're not what make us happy, and they for sure are not what give us peace. Don't tell me that because you got a new car, now you're peaceful. And don't tell me if somebody scratches your new car that you're not peaceful either. Our peace doesn't come from things like that. It comes from Him. And every chance we get to explain why or tell why, let's make sure we are. So number one, how do we help people find peace? We tell them that it's found in Christ. But then secondly, and I know that we say this all the time, But let's make sure that we love and serve those people well, both with sincerity and we are helpful to them. We've actually helped them. That we are helping combat their stress and their burden in their lives. It's hard to say that we're a peacemaker if their lives are not becoming more peaceful. It's true that there are people with peace can share some peace. If the ocean can bring you peace or the lake can bring you peace, then surely somebody that knows the Lord of peace can give you some peace, right? Now, peaceful, not peace. Only God brings it. And you can't be with somebody 24-7 and make their lives altogether peaceful. And even if you could bring peace on the outside of their lives 24-7, you still haven't removed the hostility that's inside of them against a God that they've sinned against. But you sure can make their lives a little bit better through love and sacrifice and service. We are showing them peacefulness, and we are telling them that it's from God. If we really believe that Christ has brought peace between us and God, and we really believe that we are now at peace with God, that the Lord of peace himself is working in us, then we should want, in the smallest of ways, to give people glimpses, of peacefulness, we do that when we share their burden, when we love and serve them well, when we combat against their stress. As I was preparing this sermon, I was reminded of how often I hear at a family get together or at a Thanksgiving dinner or in the house or around the table, somebody say that somebody speaks up and says, all right, "Hey, guys, listen, just for once, just for one afternoon, can we please just all get along?" Right? Can 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 you just not bring up who you're voting for? Can you just not bring up, you know, what's stressing you out? Can you not bring up this subject or can you not bring up that subject? And just for a little bit, can we can we just have some peace? That sounds good, doesn't it? I mean imagine. But is it really the answer? Folks, don't don't think that earth is your home. Don't think for a second that you're fine to go to heaven with divided relationships everywhere, but those two hours of Thanksgiving dinner with candied yams and turkey was peaceful. bull loney. That ain't it, y'all. That ain't peace. Peace is when God himself has brought peace to our lives, and now we're helping people find that in him that's peace. That's peace. May we trust Christ. May we look forward to Thanksgiving this Thursday. May we walk into the holiday, the Advent season, knowing what peace is. Not settling for a cheap peaceful that's just going to put a blanket over all of our problems and we'll walk out still divided. May we carry people's burdens, talk about Christ, be those that are slow to anger and quick to love and serve. May the God of peace himself give us peace at all times in every way. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the ending of 2 Thessalonians. We thank you, God, for all the Bible teaches us about peace. Oh, Father, make us peaceful. Make us peacemakers. Help us to recognize that we cannot blanket in our own hearts. We cannot go to the beach forever. We've got to deal with what's the problem. Oh, Father, may we turn to Christ and may you give us peace. God, bless our church and our families and our homes and our get-togethers and our relationships that we would be possessing peace and helping those around us find peace as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.